You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 37. Welcome to The Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. So if you've been listening over the past few weeks, you know that I have been giving away a free tip sheet. And today, my friends, is no different. This show is brought to you by our free tip sheet of the month, Attract Your Ideal Audience, a completely free tip sheet that will help you cut through the clutter, get crystal clear on who you're talking to, and help you start attracting and growing your audience today. You can grab your free tip sheet at juliesolomon.net forward slash newsletter. So before we dive on into this amazing episode, I do want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is Anna CFO. And she says, I don't have enough good things to say about the Influencer Podcast. Julie is so knowledgeable, and she hosts amazing speakers every week. The content is relevant and informative, and I often find myself taking notes because each episode is filled with invaluable insight. The depth and breadth that the topics cover on the podcast are amazing. I truly look forward to listening every week, and sometimes I listen to them multiple times. I'm so glad I stumbled upon Julie's podcast and newsletter, and I feel so much more equipped to tackle the ever-so-daunting business world. Well, thank you, Anna, so much. As you guys know, I love your reviews. I love you. I love to give you guys shout outs and I love to share the good news. So I would, of course, love to hear from more of you on how you dive into this podcast as well and really how you go from listening to taking action, just like Anna shared with us today. So if you listen in each week, make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes and give us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me and our guest today if you are over on Instagram on your Instagram stories at Jules Solomon and hashtag the influencer podcast to let me know that you are joining in today as you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too. If you follow me over on Instagram stories, you know that I am doing that all the time. So I truly do love it. Last week, the manager behind Sincerely Joel's and We Were What, Jennifer Powell, taught us the techniques behind turning a blog into a seven-figure business. This week, Caitlin Crosby of The Giving Keys shares how a simple key can literally change lives and can encourage an entire world to give back as well as create a massive business. This episode is extremely fitting for this time of year, and I hope it brings you as much appreciation and joy as it has brought me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. So excited for today's episode. I have a dear friend who is just not only an incredible influencer, but one who um, has really built an entire brand and business and movement through the art of giving and using that as her influence. Um, Actress, singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur, Caitlin Crosby knows a thing or two about inspiring others. She grew up in Hollywood in a family that really lived and breathed the entertainment industry. Caitlin's dad is manager and growing up in, in that world, in that music space, Caitlin wanted to rebel and to really inspire people to embrace their imperfections and really help them change their perspective to see their flaws as beautiful. 
So while on tour for her first album, Flaws, in 2009, Caitlin started giving and selling keys with inspiring messages like fearless, believe, and courage to people out there struggling. The wearer of the words are encouraged to embrace their word and then pay it forward by giving their product to a person who needs the message more. So from that came the Given Keys. The Given Keys now employs people transitioning out of homelessness to create a line of inspirational jewelry engraved with these inspiring words. And with the Given Keys, they really hope that the customer would wear and embrace the word. And then when they find that someone who needs it the most, then they will pay it for it by giving it to them. Since then, there are more than 50 employees and their products are sold everywhere that we go. Nordstrom, Ron Morbinson, ASOS, Starbucks, you name it and over 1,200 other retail stores around the world. She also has a new key to give to the world, and that key is Brave, which is her one-year-old son today. So I am so excited to have Caitlin on to not only share her wisdom of being an entrepreneur and a businesswoman, but of course being a new mom and how she has been able to um, start the Giving Keys and really use that as her influence to make a massive impact in the world. Um, Caitlin is part of Oprah's Game Changers. She was also on Steve Harvey as one of his Steve Harvey heroes. She is on the Super Soul 100 list. The list goes on with how amazing this woman is. So thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming on today. I cannot wait for this conversation. Oh, thanks for having me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so Honored um, to be here. Yes. I'm so here beauty and all the goodness that you spread around. So thanks for having me. Well, I'm so honored that you are here. So I want to just kind of dive into it. So obviously let's, you know, take me back to 2009. You're on that tour. I know a little bit about the background of giving keys. I know that you happened to meet a homeless couple who was on the streets. And then you can kind of tell the story about how the key came about and, um, and, and how it kind of grew into this own movement and influence of its own. Yeah, so I was, yes, touring around for, for music. And at the time, I was really focusing on this website that I had called loveyourflaws.com, all about body image issues. And um, started it with the actress Brie Larson. And because we both grew up in the industry, in a sense. So, um, so my first album was called Flaws. And I had a song called Imperfect is the New Perfect. And everything at my merchandise table... Um, along with my CDs and the flaws CD, I had t-shirts and bags and keychains and everything on there said, love your flaws on it. Um, I was really obsessed with that subject and went around and took thousands and thousands of pictures of people holding up signs that said things like, uh, cellulite is beautiful. My acne is sexy. Uh, cankles are the new black, etc." And, uh, yeah, it was a it was a way to kind of give myself therapy about this subject, and um, so when I was in New York passing through on tour, uh, the hotel key I thought was really cool. It was like this really big key, so I put it around my necklace, and would get compliments on it all the time. And so when I was at a locksmith one day, the person in front of me got numbers engraved, and I said, "Oh, while you're at it, do you have letters by any chance? Can you by any chance engrave love your flaws on this key?" So so he did. He charged me eight dollars, um, and then I saw all these old used keys on the side, and I said, "Oh, 
while you're at it, can, can I can I buy those old used keys? And uh, can you engrave hope on one, faith on one, dream fearless, and all that uh, on the rest? So he did. And yeah, this was about nine years ago. So this was this was before it was kind of like. I was definitely was not trying to be a social entrepreneur. I didn't even, I didn't even know what that meant. I was just kind of having a fun little art project. And then I would just give them to, to friends as birthday presents. And then I started uh, making them and selling them on tour at my merchandise tables. And I would make them with literally uh, my cuticle clippers and my tweezers. Um, so I was a very professional jewelry maker. And uh, and then little by little, every night they started selling out more than my CDs. And I was like, oh, okay, well, thanks for coming to my shop and uh, bye these key necklaces uh, but I knew people were really resonating with the words and the story behind them and and so little by little organically authentically just came up with this you know this pay it forward kind of homework assignment which was get your word that you need but it doesn't stop there it's not about you and your needs like we live in this world with a lot of other hurting people so keep your eyes open for who you feel need word more than you and I want pass it on to them, pay it forward. So people started writing me on MySpace at the time and they were like, I just gave my key away to somebody who was about to commit suicide. I gave my key away to, you know, my mom had cancer or uh, so-and-so was being bullied or so-and-so had an eating disorder. And I was bawling my eyes out reading all these stories of the keys being passed around the world. So I was like, I should make a website to store these stories. So it's not just my mom and I reading them and crying all the time. So uh, I made a website and then I knew that there was a missing link uh, I knew I wanted the money to go to some sort of charity, and I waited for another year or so, and I met a homeless couple on Hollywood Boulevard, fell in love with them, took them to dinner. I wasn't thinking about the giving keys at all, and um, but I had another aha moment, and them, and I said, oh, do you guys want to be my business partners? And so then I started paying them to engrave the keys, and when I met them, they lived in a cardboard box and a dumpster. And then little by little, they saved up enough money to get their own apartment. Um, then they got their, uh, well, first they got their own uh, hotel room, got their own apartment, and then their GED. And so I saw, wow, this really works. And then so just have been trying to duplicate that since then. Over So basically, the more keys we sell, the more jobs we can create. So the more people we can help try to get off the street. And with that amazing story and just beautiful message that came about did you ever realize was there ever a moment that you were like wait a second like this idea that just kind of created itself in a lot of ways and that you really kind of pushed forward with your own creativity and with your own idea literally ended up influencing people from around the entire world to start sharing these keys was there ever a moment that you were like, oh, my gosh, this is really making a massive global impact here? You know what? I really wish that I felt that more. <laughs> a lot of times people will come to my office and some friends that have known me for a long time and they're like, Kaylin, what? Look at all this is your office. Like you started this. Like, doesn't this feel amazing? I was like, and I always say, like, no, it just feels normal. I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't. Ha I never had that. I mean, when we did our partnership with Starbucks, that was definitely the time where I was like, whoa, like I can't, but I still couldn't even feel that. I was like, it's, I, I don't know why I can't believe this is happening, but it, but yeah, it is still hard to believe that it's stretched as far as it has. Um, but that's why I actually really 
I, I really crave uh, having one-on-one conversations with people um, in random places, like run-ins where I hear how the keys have, um, how they've affected them, um, just like on a heart personal level to, to know just one person's story like that usually means so much more to me than when I hear kind of like statistics or numbers or even reading the stories online. It's, there's so many that it's hard for me to grasp how important each one was. So that's why I, I always prefer just like focusing on one story and it, how it helped one person's life. Like that always just helps me feel it more. That it, makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it does make sense. And it's probably the one of the reasons why you've been able to continue to employ those that are seeking to transition out of homelessness yeah. to make the jewelry. Um, and yeah. with, you know, there's kind of two sides that I want to talk about. You have, you have this amazing, um, this amazing influence over, um, homelessness, especially in LA, which is a, which is a massive city with, with a ton of people that are homeless, but then you've also been able to influence so much on the branding side of things. You know, you have, you've worked with, like we said, Nordstrom, Rachel Zoe, you worked with Julian Huff and Nina Dobrev on a BFF key that you made. You worked with Starbucks. Out of everything, what, what collaboration are you most proud of and why? Hmm. Um, I think probably Starbucks. I mean, it was awesome to do anything with Oprah. She's my, you know, definitely my, I don't want to say idol, but you know, she's Oprah. She's in her own category. She doesn't even get a word. I don't know. Uh, but that was, that was definitely, um, really, 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 really special. Um, and before I got to meet her and do the whole super soul thing, um, being just even in her O list, the giving keys being in her O list was really, really special. And to see them support us like that meant a lot. And, um, but I think the, as far as proper, um, partnership would be Starbucks because I think there's such a, I think there are top three, uh, companies or I think food, uh, brand in our generation right now. And I mean, again, it's like, it's Starbucks, it's its own thing. And the fact that their VP of marketing wrote into our website and was like, these keys has, have impacted my life. Um, would you guys be interested in, uh, making some exclusive keys for our flagship store in Seattle. And we were like, uh, what? Yes. So after we did that, um, they did really well. And, and I flew in and showed them some videos of our employees and met some of the team there, which was a dream. And, um, they, we showed them some of our, our videos and they were crying and they're like, they, they were like, you should have warned us. We need a tissue box. And so that was a highlight. I was like, Oh yes. I made some Starbucks, Starbucks executives cry. That's awesome. And then because they were so impacted, um, they, I had this whole plan. I wanted to kind of do this whole pitch I've been working on. I had an email drafted about, you know, how do you guys want to sell our keys and, uh, maybe some of your other stores. Um, and before I even sent that email, somebody from their team wrote that to us and they were like, we love your mission. Um, we love everything about you guys. We would be, would you be open to um, doing an exclusive product in um, more of our stores? 
and um, we wanted to try in 5,000 of these particular stores. And um, I was like, um, yes, definitely yes. And so that was really cool. For a year, we went back and forth on samples and um, and then finalized on words that they wanted and chains that they wanted. And that was literally a dream to walk into this place that it doesn't sell jewelry ever um and that it was right there at the cash register and um it was just so special and it meant so much to me that a company that big were you know that they were supporting what we're doing and that they were trying to help the industry of homelessness in downtown la in other states wherever all the different starbucks uh were like that it just made me respect the company so much more well and i think that you just touched on so many different things because I think for so many people out there, you know, you talk about how you got one of the biggest retailers in the world, Starbucks, to put a product in their store that they don't typically do, jewelry. You also got um, Oprah, who is probably, you know, one of the most inspiring and powerful women in the entire world to be interested in what you are influencing. These are two things that don't just happen, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that it really is attributed and comes down to the service and the importance of always showing up to serve and having that be first and foremost, no matter what influential path you may be on. And then making sure that you always come from a place of unique and and authenticity with your service. It's not that your service is necessarily, or the giving keys is necessarily you know, better than something else, but your unique approach with what you do and your intentional approach with how you're trying to serve is what is making people like the Oprah's and the Starbucks's of the world so intrigued and so interested and so attracted to attracted to what you have built. So I would love for you to talk about the mission a little bit and really your take on the importance of serving within any brand or business that someone out there may be trying to build. Yeah, I think um, I think especially these days, um, it's popular and trendy to have a give back brand, a do good brand, which is great. I'm glad that that's the trend and not something else. But I think it's it's kind of easy to get lost. Um, a lot of brands maybe get lost um, in all the the competition. Also, because I think maybe some business owners kind of want to add that element to their brand because they think it will be good for business. Um, it would look good and their heart really maybe isn't totally in it. Like it didn't really come from a authentic place. And I think that is the kind of our differentiating factor in our business is that it, it, it came from such a, a real place of just, it's a a story. It was just a story. It wasn't, I never had a business plan. It wasn't a pitch. It was, it was just about helping these people. And I, because I think I genuinely was trying to help them, um, and as well as the other employees as, as we kept growing, um, I think it, that's really what it was about. Like, and that's what I always encourage people that are trying to start something, you know, a lot of times they're, they're saying, well, I want to start something like, how do you do it? Or what do you recommend? I was like, well, I think, you know, first of all, if there's an injustice that you see in your community, um, something that you're not okay with, um, yeah. an injustice, like first challenge yourself to care about it, um, and get 
get passionate about it, care about it first, um, practice empathy, practice, like putting yourself, you know, feeling, challenge yourself to feel what those people might be feeling. Um, and then start small and do what you can do to help that, that issue. Um, and if it's built, then if that turns into building a business around it, it can, maybe you could start with just having an event or a party to raise money for blank. Um, that I think it just has to start there. It has to start with having real empathy. Otherwise people will smell that it's not real. It's so true. And I loved what you, how you touched on the story, how you said, you know, it wasn't this business model. It wasn't this pitch. It was a story. And I think that probably your background of being, you know, a songwriter and an artist and an actor and a singer really helped you and allowed you to always put that story first, because that is the craft of, of, of artistry is storytelling really, I think at the end of the day. Yeah. And, um, And, and, and always keeping that first and foremost. And that's a lot of times when people are, listen to this podcast, they're like, okay, you know, how do I be authentic? Well, you have to really come from a place of, of telling and sharing the story. And like you said, yeah. you know, put yourself in, in those other people's shoes, you know, challenge yourself to actually, you know, see it, feel it, breathe it, live it, smell it, <laughs> you know, like really get your senses yeah. into that so you can know what it's like and it can, it can become a part of you. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. And with that yeah. said comes a lot of responsibility and accountability. And I would love right. for you to touch on that a little bit and, and more so really with the expectation. Is it for someone like you who is so influential and the amazing brand that you created out of service is so impactful and so influential is there ever any challenges or a hard part to maintain what those expectations might be of that service and of that influence? Yeah, I think, I think for me personally right now, the most challenging part is the bigger we grow, the more employees we have and the more rules we need. And I don't, like that because that's I think when I first started it there were no rules it was just kind of following my intuition and following what I felt needed to happen and if if there was a 
uh, a roadblock or, you know, if I walked in on uh, some of the employees and I could tell that they had been drinking or whatever it was, like I would do what I just felt like needed to happen and give them, you know, as many chances as I felt was right. But now once we have a team and we have HR and we have, um, you know, things need to be fair um, for everybody. It's been really challenging for me because, because I'm not a business person. Like I, I'm, I'm because I'm more of a heart person. Um, I feel like a lot of my th- things that I, I want to do or, or ideas that I have now, for instance, um, if one of our employees, if I feel like they would be, you know, maybe they started out engraving keys and maybe now I, I, I see their potential in um, helping us in sales, um, working our Airstream or pop-ups or events. Um, there. And, and back in the day, I would kind of see potential in people and put them where I think uh, would, would fit best. But now it's more like, oh, well, they've been working this many hours, so we can't go over time here uh and because we need them to do the clasps over here and we need them to do this so we can't have them over there and I'm like okay fine never mind so I just feel like that's been kind of frustrating it's just the business and responsibilities and and rules and fairness and kind of I feel like squashes out the heart mm. for me personally mm. but so I'm constantly kind of trying to fight for uh, getting that, you know, to be still at the core and we still, and every, and people on our team are, you know, conscious of that for sure. It's just their particular, certain people have job titles where it is their job to make sure we're doing everything in a fair kosher way. And it just sometimes every, the way that I think is doesn't fit in a box. So that can be frustrating. Well, and I think that a lot of people listening that are of that creative mind, you know, they may feel like, you know, I want to grow, you know, I do have a story to tell. I do have something to share. I do have a purpose in this world and a place in this world, and I want to use it for good, but I'm, I don't have a business sense. I don't want to have a business sense. My brain doesn't work that way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of, of, of that creative type. And so what I hear you saying is really about finding, finding people to be a part of your team who are going to complement maybe what, you know, you bring to the table and maybe what you don't bring to the table and having kind of that balance. Yes, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We can't have a bunch of people with burning hearts who don't like rules running around. (laughs) (laughs) And it would be kind of hard to grow a business in that way. Yeah. Um, what have you been most, um, we talked about, you know, what you're most proud of in terms of your collaborations, what have you been, um, what has been the hardest part for you? Because I do know that, you know, working with, you know, families and people who are, who are homeless or who are transitioning through mental illness or addiction or various factors of that, I could only imagine how uh, invested you get in your employees. And they, I, I could even see me because I'm just so insanely empathetic. Like I would probably treat, you know, I would see it as like if they started to let me down, it would be like a child letting me down, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. how do you, how do you struggle through, through that? Some of the hardest part of, you know, you have this, this beauty in, in what you've created with, with how you've been able to help so many, but we're only human at the end of the day. And when so many people may deal with things that are sometimes out of their control, you know, and, um, and don't always stay on the straight path. How, how do you deal with that on top, 
especially since that is part of your business growth is them staying on track. Yeah, Yeah, that's definitely been literally heartbreaking. Um, and, and I've just had to really intentionally practice, um, being intentional about certain beliefs, like certain things that I just have to tell myself over and over again. Um, but, but, you know, of course, you know, when you don't see certain things coming, whether it's only, I'm surprised it it hasn't happened more, but we did have somebody who had been with us for about three years. Um, and she seemed great. Like, you know, been sober for years, um, was the sweetest woman was always here loving on everybody. And, um, just great across the board, just seemed totally solid. And then one day goes by, she doesn't show up. Two days go by, three days, four, four days go by, she doesn't show up. And we all thought, you know, something like something really serious happened. And, um, we, we obviously thought the worst. And then she came to the office on a Friday and she said that she had relapsed. Um, and, and, and that, that, definitely, I think is one of the hardest parts. Um, you know, what, what could we have done differently? Did we say this too much? Did we not say this too much or what, you know, and, and just kind of like I just having to educate myself about the issue of, um, addiction and how, you know, (laughs) in different programs, um, uh, you know, I'm learning, like I didn't cause it, I didn't create it and I can't cure it. Like Mm. it really, as far as, um, addiction goes, it really has to be the person, um, wanting it for themselves. And, um, and you can do as much as you can to support of course. And I know, and I feel like we, uh, we're, we have done everything we can do. And, and then we, you know, from that point on, we said, you know, we can't give you your job back right now, but if you go into a inpatient rehab, uh, type place, um, for a year, you can have your job back. So she, um, it, it was, it was a really long process, but our, um, director of community impact and culture, um, Bentley took her around to a ton of different places. It's actually really hard. It's a really broken system, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really hard to get into any place, um, cause they're so expensive, but this one, uh, place, the LA mission, um, took her in for a whole year, uh, inpatient program. And so we still keep in touch with her and we've had the team, you know, write her notes and letters and people have gone to visit her for lunch. And so her job will be back. Um, if, 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 if she makes it through and I can only hope the best. So I have to like emotionally separate myself as much as possible. But the week that that happened, I mean, I was so depressed. I, I was just like nothing anybody could do or say would make that easier. But since then I'm just practicing kind of like detaching emotionally a little bit, which is really hard for me, but it's definitely again, something I'm having to forcing myself to intentionally practice. Well, and all of this practice is really just kind of coming back to the idea of balance. And I know that you've just had a son who's one now, so his name is brave and he's brave and adorable. And with brave, um, there has to be balance struggle. I mean, not only are you, you know, a, a business owner and a mother and a wife and an entrepreneur and a creative, um, and balancing all of that and figuring all of that out. And, um, how, what is, what has surprised you the most about bringing the little one into this world 
And how has that impacted you as a businesswoman, as a woman, as a wife, and, um, you know, as a, as a woman who, who serves? <laughs> oh, that is such a good question. Um, I could talk about that forever. Um, that's definitely been a huge learning curve. Um, I didn't, I was never a quote unquote baby person before. <laughs> I never really saw other people's babies or kids. And I never thought like they were cute. I mean, I thought, okay, they were cute, but okay, bye. Like I, I never was like, Oh, let me hold him or anything like that. And so I didn't know, I, I knew that I would love my baby, you know, an insane amount, but, um, I didn't know how special that feeling would feel. And it, and, and it, and it has been that. And I feel so much love that it's unexplainable for sure. But it also has been simultaneously way harder than I thought it would be. Um, I think just the feeling for me of, of not feeling like I can catch my breath has been the hardest because, you know, it's like, okay, if he has a nap or he goes to sleep, it's like, okay, trying to catch your breath, but you have to now like take a shower or, or you clean or do work or, you know, much less try to have any energy left for your husband or yourself or, um, so I definitely am right now in the process of trying to, um, find a, a better balanced schedule. So I just decided I need to have one day, uh, a week. I just decided this last month, um, where I have a nanny and I'm not going into the office and I just can, it's going to be, uh, my self care day. That's <laughs> and awesome. just, I love that idea. Yeah. Um, so it's either on a Friday or a Monday, depending on what the work schedule, um, needs or what the office needs. So it's either Friday or Monday. And, um, I have a nanny come over and I literally will go and, um, if it's just take a hike or, you know, take a yoga class, um, or even if it is just sit at a cafe and do work emails. I mean, I end up working half the time on my self-care days too, but I just don't have to drive anywhere on makeup if I don't want to. Um, um, I could, you know, I could do it at a Starbucks or wherever, or I could, you know, just, or I could journal or read or, you know, I've only done it a few times, but it has been so great. Or even, and even for my husband, it was so great. Again, that this one only happened once, but it's been hard for us to find time to really connect, um, with a baby and both of us working full time. And, um, and when we do have time, we're just so exhausted that we're like, Oh, great. Okay. We have date night, but we're both like, Oh, but all I want to do is just like lay on the couch. Um, and like, or just go to sleep. But, uh, but we have been doing date night, but it, it, even like date nights feel like there's so much pressure, like this has to be a good, you know, good bonding night. But, um, so basically what, um, so what we decided to do on these self-care days is, um, we on accident, like I didn't realize that he had that he had open time the same time I did. So we, uh, last minute went on a hike together and it was so great that it wasn't planned. Uh, I had no makeup on and I was in sweats and, and it was so bonding because there was no pressure and we didn't have the baby and we weren't, you know, didn't have the pressure of being like date night. And it, and it was the most bonding time we've had together in like years. I love that. Just because we had the space to do whatever yeah. we wanted. And you didn't, you, you had no expectation or no, um, you know, that you, anything that you had to do, you were just able to kind of be free, but have that space to do it. Exactly. 
that's a good, it's a good reminder, I think, to all of us working moms out there that have spouses that, um, you know, sometimes maybe just a walk is all you really need to reconnect. Exactly. Well, within the giving keys and within this, this beautiful business and brand and service that you've built, I know that you've had a ton of fulfilling moments. We've talked about some of those today. What are moments that you are looking most forward to? Be it, you know, you know, I'm a firm believer that everything's connected. So, you know, be it in, in the business, in the service of giving keys, in the service of, of employing to help people get out of homelessness in the service of being a mom. What are you most looking forward to in this next chapter? Hmm. I think what I'm most uh, looking forward to in this next chapter would be, um, finding a schedule that feels peaceful that I can stand behind knowing this is the way I'm going to choose to live my life. And this feels right and healthy and sticking to that. Cause right now I'm kind of in this experimental phase of, okay, this week I'm going to try to go in this many days at the office and then I'm going to have this one day for self care. And then I'm going to, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely kind of changing and seeing what works and what feels right. Um, but I'm really excited to kind of find what my stride is and stick to it and get in a flow mm-hmm. and stay and, and feel like, okay, I'm giving the, a healthy, good amount of time to, um, you know, serving the population I'm passionate about and, you know, having time and space to be creative, whether it be to write, um, or read and, and, and grow. Um, and, you know, knowing that I feel confident that I'm spending a healthy amount of time with my, you know, husband and baby and all that. That's another good reminder. I'm like sitting here, I'm like taking notes. I'm like, thank you, Caitlin. (laughs) I think we all need this today. Um, okay. So looking ahead for giving keys, I know that you guys have branched out, uh, you know, of course you started with the necklaces, but you've branched out into some other things. I would love for you to share what those are and then what we can expect onward into 2018. And after that coming from the giving keys. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. We launched candles a few months ago, which smell like amazing. Each one is different and each scent is paired with a different word um, that kind of goes with the vibe of each word and scent, which I love because I'm obsessed with candles. Anytime I'm working or eating at the house or whatever I'm doing, I just want a candle to be burning at all times. It just makes me feel like I'm at a spa or something. It does something. But anyway, so I'm very, very excited about our candles. And then um, we're launching journals soon for the holidays, which I'm super excited about. We have, um, I actually wrote an inspirational um, note letter to uh, to people in each one, which is really cool. So we have a, a create journal, an inspired journal, and a dream journal. So wrote a letter um, that kind of goes with each word and each different one. And, um, and then also the pages are perforated. So we encourage people to not only use the journal for themselves to write uh, messages in it, but also to write messages, inspiring little notes to other people and then tear it out and give it to them. So we kind of stay with our pay it forward mission and, um, and either la- in, uh, launching into, um, different leather products and we're going to relaunch apparel again, cause we did apparel a few years ago and it, and it did really, really well. Um, but we just hadn't had the bandwidth to keep up with that. So we're in the design process right now with apparel, which I'm excited about. 
And um, yeah, I mean, the ultimate goal one day would be to have a Giving Keys restaurant. I would love to have a Giving Keys. Um, we already have an Airstream that we that we're taking around. Like right now, it's at the Century um, um, City Mall, and it's going to be at the Grove again, the holidays. And um, but I want to have multiple Airstreams, and also want to have a food truck and train people to be chefs, which are a lot of our employees that have transitioned out of homelessness. Their goal is to be become a chef. So I would love to help them achieve that goal as well. So the possibilities are endless. They are. And I love the Airstream at the Grove in LA. It's my favorite. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. And so good, good holiday advice. Can we find that obviously on the givingkeys.com, but then also Nordstrom and those other retailers? Yeah. Each different re- retailer has different products. I'm not sure if Nordstrom bought the um, journals or not. <laughs> uh, they may have. I just, I'm not totally sure. Um, Cause I know Nordstrom are at the trend department. Um, so a lot of times other specialty stores um, will probably like the journal. So I'm not sure yet, but yeah, you can definitely get all of our products at thegivingkeys.com. And then I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, besides brave, of course, what is your favorite giving key word? Mm, I will. I love doing, um, custom made giving keys. Um, I love, um, I mean, I love all of our core words too, like hope and love and faith and fearless is a good one. Um, breathe is a good one. I need to breathe a lot. I like that. But, I um, I have I, a I giving just, key that says breathe. Oh, you do? I do. Love it. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But yeah, one of the, the I just got a, a custom giving key, uh, engraved that says, uh, family on it. Mm. And, and that, that's my new favorite. I, um, I wear it as a, this new style, which is called the never ending choker. Um, so it's this, it's this cool style. that's just goes right across my neck with this family, just to remind me to, um, always bring it back to that, that that's the most important thing. And when I'm kind of hustling to always, know that that's the most important thing to me. And if there was someone out there in the world who has obviously received or given a giving key, what do you hope? And maybe it's just one word or one phrase or one sentence. Um, when they are explaining the giving keys and what it is, what do you hope that they say? Hmm. Um, I would hope that they would say, that the key really helped them through uh, a really hard time and that it was a reminder to them uh, that they can make it through, um, that that little token meant so much more than just a little token of metal, that it really was like a life-changing, life-altering exchange for them and that they want to then give it... um, to the next person so that next person can have an experience like that as well. And for them to feel like by purchasing uh, our products that they know that they're creating jobs for people trying to transition out of homelessness, I think I would definitely want them to care about that too. (laughs) That's that's awesome. I love, uh, and sometimes when you say those things, like I just, it's so impactful. Like when you're like, you know, you create jobs. It's just like, God, it's crazy. It's amazing. Um, Okay. Well, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you something that I ask every guest that comes on the show. And that question is, what does influence mean to you? Hmm. 
think what influence means to me is that right now in this day and age, it's so much about your social media presence. And I think it's when you post something, um, that matters, um, not just about like, you know, an outfit or makeup or whatever, but when you post about a world issue, um, something that people can really do something about and that, you know, your followers would then post about it on their pages to their people. Um, I think that is such an incredible, powerful thing. We live in this day and age where it's, uh, it could be a really hard, uh, kind of unhealthy thing with social media and always constantly comparing yourselves. I mean, I struggle with that. I think everybody does. Um, maybe not everybody, but I think a lot of people do. Um, you know, you get on there and you see people's lives or accomplishments or whatever. And you're like, Oh, what do we, Oh, they're doing that. Or, Oh, that looks cool. That looks way cooler than what, whatever, what I'm doing. And you know, you just get into kind of like a comparison game. But I think the most incredible thing is that it can be used to spread goodness better than it could if there, if social media didn't exist. So I think, um, what an influ- being an influencer means to me is, um, using your, your social media platform, or if you're speaking at events to inspire people that they, they, they can care about other people, um, and other causes other than themselves. And, and, um, that that, is what makes life beautiful and what, what makes life worth living. I think. Mm, I love that. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much. Not only just for everything that you do for our community in LA, but for the world and just being such a light and really using whether it was intentional or unintentional, the way that it has transpired using and growing your influence for something that is so impactful and so good and just so greater than yourself and the community around you. So just thank you for showing up in that way. And thank you for being such an inspiration for all of us. And if anyone is listening, of course, they can go to thegivingkeys.com to find out anything there. But if they want to learn more about you, where can they find you online and where can they find you on social media? Yeah, um, I am at Caitlin Crosby. Do I spell it? <laughs> you can, yeah. Oh, sure. Um, at Caitlin Crosby, which is at C-A-I-T-L-I-N Crosby, C-R-O-S-B-Y. And then at The Giving Keys. Awesome. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Caitlin. And um, we appreciate everything that you guys do. And I appreciate you showing up today. And thank you for using your influence to spread so much goodness with everybody that you interview and all the things that you care about. It's really awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Thanks guys. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence for show notes, downloads, and action-based tips head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode guest and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.